Good morning and welcome to today's segment of Wake Up With Dawn. Wake Up With Dawn is about education because education is key. This segment is a couple days late as there was a slight delay. So without further ado, and before we begin with today's highly controversial topic of conversation, I would like to mention that I am holding in my hands the Consolidated Webster Comprehensive Encyclopedic Dictionary circa 1958, aka a library of essential knowledge. Just perfect for these ominous coronavirus times, being essential and all. Besides, if you cannot learn from a dictionary, not to mention an encyclopedic dictionary, what can you learn from? Also, might I mention, this is a very thick book. So before we get started, I would like to kick this off with a word of the day. In this case, that word is a vowel, more specifically, the letter A. It is pronounced in both long and short form. In its long form, it is known as the capital A. A as in A-A-R-O-N. No, seriously, though. A as in Aaron. In its short form, it is known as a lowercase a. A as in apple. And let us ask Adam, who doesn't like apples? Now, with that out of the way, we get to our controversial topic of the day. Pro-life versus pro-choice. You decide. Abortion is an uncomfortable topic for many people who have turned to this procedure as a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Many are divided when it comes to abortion. It bolsters both religious and ethical fundamentals as well as emotional overtones. It calls into question the very sanctity of life. According to his Ten Commandments, as is outlined in Exodus 23:17, commandment number six, thou shalt not kill. So saith the Lord in the first set of tablets etched in stone by the finger of God himself, according to Exodus 32:18. Those first tablets were subsequently smashed by Moses when he became enraged at the sight of the children of Israel worshipping a golden calf, Exodus 32:19, and later tablets chiseled out by Moses, rewritten by God, Exodus 34:1. I myself am pro-choice. Why? Because I believe that all women should be afforded the right to choose. There are some who argue women do have that right before they decide to have sex, whether protected or unprotected, consensual or non-consensual. That is bullshit and simply absurd. Birth control, regardless of method, is not infallible. There are many women who are living proof on both ends of the spectrum. Whether they are a product of a failed method, like myself, or have had the unfortunate experience of one of those methods failing on them, again, like myself, women have many reasons to make this choice. Molestation being at the head of the class. Rape is a heinous crime exacerbated further when the rape involves incest. Some choose to abort because of genetic anomalies. Some because the risk to their health during childbirth is too great. Some because they are not emotionally, mentally, or financially stable. Some, because their partners abandon them much of the time, insisting that these children in no way are theirs. They cannot possibly be the baby daddy. And some, well, some just don't care. Thankfully, the latter are not in the majority. Today, in 2021, the right to a women's freedom of choice is still being questioned by pro-lifers. As a woman, I find it highly insulting and offensive when pro-lifers are men. Men who cannot bear children. Men who have the freedom to walk away or even to run if they so choose. Men 
who do not have to experience all the, the hormonal ups and downs that we women endure. Men who do not feel like failures if a child aborts on its own. Men who get us pregnant and deny our children, citing, well, we were only together once. Let me assure you, gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, all it takes is once. Luckily, if there's any doubt, you can always have a paternity test. Before denying your involvement and your child the right to grow up with both of its parents, maybe you should try getting one. The Maury Show will even do one for you for free. All you have to do is ask. Maury loves having guests on his show. I watch him all the time. And I especially love it when he says, you are the father. And the mother, well, of course, she's been telling you this all along. Now let's get to the politics. Some of our administration is deeply opposed to abortion, and then you have the left-wing nutjobs advocating for infanticide. No birth child should be aborted, and technically, once the child is fully developed, delivered, here in this world, living, breathing, and healthy, the term abortion really no longer applies. That is truly the definition of murder, not simply the act of abortion. Congress is moving to pass legislation to undermine and unravel Roe v. Wade. It is terribly sad and disgraceful that in this day and age, a woman's right to choose what she feels is best for herself and her child is still under attack. We, as a society, have come a long way since the days when America's financially less fortunate women were left to their own devices. They had only one of two choices. One, to seek illegal treatment from some quack at the risk of severe complications, possibly resulting in death. Have you ever seen dirty dancing? And two, the old self-service method of using a coat hanger in a dark alleyway somewhere, also risking severe complications, possibly resulting in death. So I pose this question to all pro-lifers. Why is a mother's life less valuable than that of an unborn fetus? Or as you so aptly insist, a baby. If life begins at conception, that life should be self-sustaining at conception, but it is not. Many of you scream murder when discussing abortion, but in revisiting past prejudices, aren't you in fact condoning murder? Do mothers not have a right to their own lives? I mean, seriously, folks, a fetus is not here in this world, living, breathing, taking care of itself and possibly others. So what is your issue? Do you have a point? Who are you to decide what is right for someone else? It may come as news to some of you, but the Supreme Court did not invent legal abortion. When Roe v. Wade was passed down in 1973, abortion had already been an acceptable part of American history. Whether the procedure was done legally or illegally isn't really relevant. Abortions were permitted upon the nation's founding and did not obtain illegal status until roughly around the mid-1800s. During the 1960s, Reform regarding strict anti-abortion laws began throughout the country. At the time the Supreme Court made abortion legal nationwide, 17 states had already been conducting legal abortions. It has been estimated that 32% of American women who did not want any more children were likely to have had at least one unplanned pregnancy. 62% of American women who wanted to bear children at some point in their lives were also highly likely to have experienced at least one unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. 
Unwanted pregnancy can affect anyone in any class in life. But for those not in such a great position financially, an accidental or unwanted pregnancy can have a catastrophic effect. Some of you argue the point of adoption. I have to ask you this. Would you personally carry a child within your body, within your womb, for nine months to deliver that child and then give it away? I myself could not, would not, and did not. The question is, does that make me a murderer? Some would argue yes. I have to adamantly disagree. You see, the argument for many is that God says, thou shalt not kill, as was previously stated. If we are made in God's image, and God knows what we are going to do before we do it, then God, in fact, condones abortion. He cannot possibly view it as murder. Women suffer miscarriages throughout all stages of pregnancies. So when that life fails to thrive, who is responsible for that death? Would that not be God? Would you consider that murder? I read an article recently about a so-called miracle baby. A couple had tried desperately to have a child, but due to a genetic issue, 10 of their pregnancies failed. Finally, through artificial means, they birthed a beautiful little boy who was diagnosed with cancer and passed away. Why, they asked, did their miracle child die? It's called natural selection. Genetically speaking, had their other 10 children miraculously survived the birthing process, they may have been severely ill or severely deformed and ultimately might have all met the same fate, or worse. Now just imagine yourself birthing 11 children to watch each and every one die before the age of six. How do you cope with that? God obviously did not want that family to have healthy, viable children, if you are in keeping with some of your trains of thought. Illegal abortions were once commonplace. The number of illegal abortions between the 50s and 60s ranged from between 200,000 and 1.2 million annually. An analysis performed in 1967 in North Carolina alone estimated that there were 829,000 illegal or self-induced abortions. That was just one year prior to my birth. A stark realization regarding the prevalence of illegal abortions was the death toll. In 1930, abortion was documented as the official cause of death for nearly 3,000 women. Although the death toll declined to just above 1,600 by 1940 and just over 300 by 1950, it was most likely due to the introduction of infection-fighting antibiotics during the 1940s that ultimately minimized the death toll from illegal abortion. By the mid-60s, death from abortion had fallen to just under 200. However, illegal procedures still accounted for 17% of all the deaths pertaining to pregnancy and childbirth that year. This is based upon the numbers that were officially reported. In all probability, the numbers were severely underestimated. Poor women were disproportionately affected. Data collected found that in New York City during the 60s, that nearly 8% had attempted to terminate pregnancy illegally. 38% stated that they knew someone who had attempted to obtain an abortion. Of all those women reporting who said they had an abortion, 77% had attempted performing the procedure on themselves. Only 2% stated that a physician had been involved. Pretty scary, huh? Women paid dearly for illegal procedures in 1962. Some nearly 1,600 women got admitted to Harlem Hospital Center in New York City for botched procedures. There was one abortion-based admission for every 42 deliveries that year. 
In the early 1970s, abortion was legal in some states, but it was not an option for many women, primarily women of minority status. It is estimated in 1972, 130,000 women either obtained a legal abortion or inflicted themselves with self-induced procedures. 39 died. And what is sincerely disturbing is that from 1972 to 1974, the mortality rate from illegal abortion was 12 times more prevalent for minority women than their Caucasian counterparts. Making abortion legal saved countless women's lives. First trimester abortions are the primary percentage of abortions countrywide today, possibly even worldwide. Backpedaling to the days of barbaric atrocities is not a win for humanity. It is not a win for women. It is not a win for unplanned, unwanted children. It is not a win for anyone, period. You cannot achieve justice by promoting and supporting injustice. In fact, there's not a cherry's chance in an apple pie. Again, just ask Adam. Or maybe, ask Eve. Remember, each and every one of us is unique. We are valuable. We learn, we teach, we challenge the norm. Sharing is caring. So let's keep sharing. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you have a wonderful day.